the Seeds You Sow podcast, planting seeds of applied knowledge, strategic change, and unstoppable passion. Coming to you live. live. Y'all ready for me? <laughs> I want to know your name, man. Didn't we do it? I want to know. You got a man. I want to know. I wanna know everything. I wanna know your number, and if I can't come over in, I wanna know. Ooh. So I can do right. Seed you so, hey. I'm just a friend. Hey. Trip coming to you live, KUSF.org. Like that note? Org. Album coming soon. Org. Org. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the studio Sunday evening with my girl Ashley sitting to my right. Good evening, y'all. Thanks for having me. Look at her. She's just so nonchalant. Yes, thanks for having me. I am just, you know, the blessing to be here. I'm grateful to be on here. I'm grateful that I have a platform to yeah. share my opinion. Grateful for you, too. We were saying earlier, Ashley, what did you say, Ashley? You you don't want your face to be on the camera because it's too beautiful and you don't want to <laughs> take away from everybody else in the room. <laughs> it was, I should just said that I, oh, she only gets side profiles. And I'm like, oh, only because I don't want to take away from everybody else. <laughs> oh, man, Ashley, with your beautiful face. We got you on camera today. We got you. We got you. <laughs> And, of course, in the studio to my left is, well, I don't know if I should call you Deacon anymore, but Brother Mike. <laughs> Coach Mike. Brother, Brother Mike sounds very close to Deacon Mike, Man, so that's okay. Y'all, Mike's trying to denounce his Deacon name. He don't want to be Deacon no more. Like, why would you want to give it that title? I was in my friend's house this, this weekend, and somehow it came up that my, my new nickname is Deacon Mike. And then they said, uh, then they, they turned it on to the next level and called me Brother Waller. Like, ooh, that sounds like a deacon, y'all. It does. That's like a Brother Waller. <laughs> brother Waller with the, with the sermon today. I'm like, oh, my goodness. It does. Michael, you have that very distinctive preacher-like voice, and it's also, like, the name goes with it. So, and he, he did the whole shake, the Holy Ghost shake with it. <laughs> brother Waller. Like, <laughs> you can't even, like, say it, like, on a straight face. You gotta add a shake to it. You gotta so. add a shake. It just, it, it is what it is, though. My, my nickname is Deacon Mike. Okay, he's, he's owning it now. Given by Aisha. Also called Iron Mike by uh, a mentor of mine. Shout out to Mylan. But we back in the building, y'all. Glad to be here as always. Yes. It's Sunday. It's the middle of March now. This month is like flying by. Yes. It's crazy. You know, like, how how have you guys been this week? How are you guys feeling? What kind of vibe you're trying to get out there to our listeners? Um, I'm personally coming off of a very hectic, like, two weeks. And so Mm. I'm enjoying just resting. Mm. And... Yeah, and life, and just trying to enjoy life. Yes, I feel you on that. I had a restful weekend. It was a weekend of just, like, catching up with people that I'm close with. And we were talking, like, I was telling Ashley, it's hard sometimes to, like, rest, but that's part of, like, taking care of yourself and loving mm-hmm. yourself. And it's kind of crazy to say that, like, oh, I got to train myself to, like, step away from all the work. Like, do you feel like that sometimes too, Mike? Or Most, most definitely, although I will say that I am not very good at that. <laughs> um, and I'm often 
running around, doing everything I can to like make steps toward my future. Um, so yeah, I, I have not had an entirely restful weekend, but it has been a good one nonetheless. And uh, get to end it here yeah. with y'all too. So I can't complain about anything. That is like a future episode. Like to, I mean, for our listeners out there too, like to think about that, like the culture we're living in today since it's so go, 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 now, 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 do, do, do. Like you have to factor in time to just be and just to relax right. and rest. And I, we're not alone in that. I feel like that's an everyday norm or conversation where people are like, yeah, man, I'm just trying to find time to just relax when that should just kind of, you think about it, that's kind of insane. Well, yeah. it's a part of American culture, one. You know, we don't celebrate, like, siesta, like, other, like, you mm. know, in Spain where we have long lunch. You know, if you think about it, the ratio of days that we have to work, which yes. is five to two days Whack. off, the ratio is off. But also, in general, I just Whack. think that part of the issue <laughs> is... <laughs> topic we're going to talk about today people feel guilty for resting Mm -hmm. Um, especially black people because it's been one of those things like are you doing anything are you furthering your race because we've always had the burden of furthering ourselves because we don't have the privilege of starting out the race at the same space that other white people have so i think it's coupled with like this fact that we need to do it but also that our culture doesn't allow for it one and two as black people we have these stereotypes as soon as you start doing something are you lazy are you not being Mm -hmm. productive are you not moving or pushing, you know, yourself or your race forward. But the interesting thing is, and I've been thinking about this more, and we're going to talk about this to you guys, but you guys know how we do before we hop into the topics and stuff. When we say, like, the culture, we are the culture. And it's like, at times, we talk about the culture in terms of, and I understand, like, this, like, third entity, like, this thing outside of us, but we do make it up. And it's like, if we're starting to recognize and understand things, then I think that's important that we start speaking up, speaking out, mm-hmm. mobilizing, moving, so we can make those shifts, make those changes. We talk about it all the time. We need to make this a campaign, y'all. We should not have five-day work weeks. No, but I think that's millennials are changing that in the sense that, you know, we don't work. We don't believe in working holidays. We don't work crazy overtime. We've taken more days off. We change jobs more frequently. So I think we are progressing. But as a whole, I think we just have to do better. Yeah, that made me that made me think of a story. Um, One time I was talking to a mentor of mine about how I was tired because I had just worked or been at school for 35 days straight. And 75-year-old black man doctor looked me dead in my eye and said, so, do you know what your ancestors did to get you in that seat right there? Mm. I said, oh, man. And there is a there was a point that he had, mm. you know. And one thing I will say, too, about how I, like, rip and run all the time and, and very rarely stop moving is that one, one credit that I will give myself is that at least I am doing things that I really enjoy That's, doing, yeah. though. And there's times where I don't allow myself to rest like I probably should, but I'm still doing things that are contributing to my happiness. I'm in the gym, working out with young people, or yeah. even, uh, I was just thinking in the, in the winter times, I don't have like an activity to do that gives me like that real sense of freedom, other than mm. maybe playing basketball. But in the summertime, I'm hiking, I'm biking, which isn't really a form of rest in, within my body, but mentally it is like some time away from the mm. craziness of society, you know? Um, so yeah. Man. As long as I guess you like what Mike said, if you're 
if you are working, make sure you're working towards something that you're passionate about right. and something that is giving towards your community and also building towards yourself and finding that balance because right. we definitely do need to give back because our ancestors did do a lot. Definitely got to pay homage to that. We were saying that last week in the studio, like, dang, y'all, like, each generation got their struggle. Like, we could have been born, like, in 1818, mm-hmm. sitting around on a plantation talking about, so how's we going to get free today? You know? So, <laughs> so true. You know, but this is our generation. This is our time. This mm-hmm. is our struggle. This is our fight. But this is also our blessing. This is also our beauty. So it's all about the balance, y'all. Make mm-hmm. sure you find some time to connect with your folks eat some good food, watch a good film, go for a walk, Mm -hmm. look up at the sky, sing a good song, (laughs) feel all happy. (laughs) Go go grocery shopping for me, right, Ashley? (laughs) Grocery shopping. Or at least make a list. You need some meal prepping help. We I should need do a some meal, meal prep prepper. episode. We I need to listen to that one live. I just <laughs> no, you need to be a part of it. It's nah, gonna be a, it's gonna be an experiential type learning experience for you, Mike. You I'm gonna just to... sit here and listen the whole time. I don't know what to say. Meal prepping is not that hard. No, it's, it's, not. Not, it's really yeah. Mike, some, Mike, executive functioning skills. You, he just needs to do something. I'm Shopping, like, cooking. Like, the list? I'm like, all you do is make it a list of five things you like to eat, and I'm gonna make the li- I'm gonna make the grocery list. So yeah. we'll do it on the way on the car home okay, because I don't. There's nothing stopping him. Either. I mean, you know, I'm gonna have to focus on driving though. <laughs> Excuses, people. Um, I'm gonna be relaxing after the show. Oh man. Oh gosh, I love you guys. It's funny, you guys. Before we came live, I was a little, little rested, a little kind of like. Am I really prepared for this right now? But once we get on, like, the mic, and I'm, like, next to you guys, the energy just kind of comes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, ah, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, we'll be up, all right. Um, also want to start making sure at the top of our episodes, because um, we noted this last week, but our listeners out there, we have very faithful people who are engaging with us every week, who are downloading, who are really committed to the podcast, and we appreciate you guys. Can we clap it up for our listeners? Yes. yes. Clap, snap, snap, clap it up. We want to hear from you guys. Um, make sure to reach out to us on our Facebook page. Make sure to re- reach out to us on Instagram. We're going to start a Twitter soon, so we want to engage with you guys more, and we're going to come up with different ways to like hear from you guys and see what you guys are like what you guys are not liking. We like constructive feedback. Constructive feedback is good. But if you want to be blunt and say you don't like something, just say it. Right. Don't get mad at you for it. You know, just make sure you come with a, you know, a good opinion behind it too. But um, yeah, because when I was looking at our stats, I was like, yo, we got listeners out like in Japan. We got people out like in Brazil. I'm all like, that's amazing, right? I'm like, who are you? Come talk. Let us know what you're thinking. So just want to definitely shout out our listeners. Mm-hmm. Tell us, you know, if you guys are listening. Let us know what you guys are thinking, and just stay tuned. Cause in the future, we're gonna have more and more ways to in- interact with you guys, and we're also gonna make sure that we're gonna start putting the podcast on YouTube so you can see our lovely faces, especially Ashley's face. Since, you know, oh, my goodness. Apparently, she's the she's most beautiful good. one on the podcast. Yeah, I have, I look, I look, you know, this is me and, like, nothing. I have nothing. No, Ashley's got her hair done, y'all. It's fresh. You know, like, when you get, like, the fresh parts. Oh, my God. I just want to get my hair done again. Ashley got, like, the fresh locks going on. I think everybody feels that way because when I seen you with your hair freshly done, I was like, oh, my God, your hair is freshly done. It's, it's like so that good. part. You just feel, you, you can feel, like, the grease on your scalp. Like, that part, I'm Oh my gosh. I got a fro going on right y'all. My fro kind of looks like a microphone. You can speak into the mic. <laughs> speak into the mic. I, I like when I have my fro out. That's why I can't commit to locks. 
Like I want to do like the real deal locks, but some days I just want to touch my hair mm -hmm. and I want to just, I don't know, just shake my fro. But I think when I get pregnant and I have children, I think that's when I'll get locks. Like the real deal. Would you? We're waiting any day now. <laughs> Any day now. Also, <laughs> listeners, if you're a single person, um, black preferably, Aisha is on the market. <laughs> she is amazing. I'm putting it out there because I'm ready for some. I'm ready for somebody else to have some kids. You know. Oh. I'm excited. I'm just putting it out there. So, listeners, yes, laugh at this. But Aisha's available. She's on the market. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's educated. Um, she had that natural beauty going on. Like, she like wake all. up and you're like, oh my god, them brown eyes just staring at me. Like, she's great. Y'all find her on the Seed You Sow podcast oh Instagram god. page. You can see many pictures. Writer. We got. Why are you guys like trying to pit me out to the podcast? I'm not really trying to put you out there. I just want people to know in case they don't know. Um, she's eligible. I I am too, but she's eligible because I'm waiting on her to go Wait, first. Wait, you said I am too. I'm eligible too. Like you know, in El general. Oh, but you are booed up though. You know, we're all in situations. Oh, okay. okay. Everybody's oh. working perfect progress. Uh, crickets. <laughs> crickets. 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 Really, I'm going somewhere with that. Why you had to? <laughs> um. I have no ring on my finger, people. That's okay. um, That's very true. Nobody pays my bills. I am Ooh. single, educated, and um, looking Actually, for a future husband. Definitely. Like, like intentional dating. Um, mm. Intentional, like, engagement. Yeah. yeah. So I'm at that point in time, I'm exploring, but I'm not there yet. So people, I'm on the market too, but I should. Right. We were focused on I should before we just. Talked. Michael, too. Let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all. <laughs> We got two beautiful black women on this podcast. Not angry black women, but beautiful black women. And, yeah, shout out to y'all. Thank you, Michael. And you guys, for the ladies out there, <laughs> Michael is known for his authentically black man voice. Um, Michael, too, is available on the market for those beautiful, strong, lovely women out there who want to engage with an intelligent, committed young man. So Michael's Thank out there. You. Look at us all plugging each other. That's what, that's what friends Real do. Friendship. That's right. You look out for Come your on, friends. Come on, y'all. you right. so podcast. <laughs> I want to throw out there, too, I should add, um, we love to see y'all reviews on iTunes or yeah. SoundCloud as well, you know? So any way that you have, um, that you can reach us. I have some listeners that, that listen to us who don't have social media uh, platforms. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we still want to hear you um, responding to our iTunes or giving us five stars if that's what you feel we deserve. Um, you can send us an email, whatever. We, yeah. we want to hear from the fans. We want to be able to connect with y'all, uh, give y'all some shout-outs. Um, so thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. And definitely um, help us continue to market ourselves. You know, we trying to we trying to get our our voice out. We trying to uh, promote these two beautiful ladies. <laughs> we trying to get <laughs> a whole bunch of followers on our IG so these beautiful black ladies could get noticed Lord. by the world because they need to be noticed by the world. Well, we're definitely here for you guys as the listeners to make sure you guys are getting motivated, getting encouraged. And importantly, we've talked about this many times on the podcast. The information that is being shared here is just the catalyst. It's just the start. Mm -hmm. So yeah. whatever we're talking about here, what we're expecting from you guys is to take it the next step further. Mm -hmm. Carry those conversations over with your friends, your families. Do your own research formulate your own opinions come up with your own original thoughts don't just take everything we're saying and go yeah Ashley Aisha Michael and Damon they right yeah we, we, we got some right points but we want to hear your point too so we're encouraging critical thinkers as well as like engaging people within the communities that they're in so mm -hmm. we're here for y'all yeah. alright drama mic
Yeah, if we if y'all got any topics y'all want us to discuss, anything, let reach out to us and let us know, and we we'd love to have those conversations. Yes, and that's the episode for today, guys. We're just here to basically talk about how you guys should just engage with us more. So tune in next week. No. <laughs> Dig it, Mike. Out. We got work tomorrow. I'm tired. No, <laughs> no, we still got a show for you guys. As always, every Sunday, you can be guaranteed we're going to come through with something to talk about. And um, do you guys want to hop into Are you ready to do that right now? I feel like we're ready. I feel like we're ready. Uh, got them laughing. Now they're ready to listen. You know, are you ready? Was that a song? Are you ready? You probably only have one listener who does not have a social platform, which is your mother. Oh, shout out to you, mom. I love you. I love you, lady. Oh, shout out to Michael's mom. She need to come on the show with us. She need to. Yeah. Y'all might kick me out if she come on the show with That's us. Okay. So, you know. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're fine with that. I might, lo- I might lose my chair, you know? No, you know what, though? Just, and I'm glad that you brought up the point that not everybody has a social media platform. Um, there's so many different ways to engage. Hey, you know what? Remember back in the day, like, people would have to actually, like, write a letter to, like, the radio station? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they would read, oh, my God, can we bring that back? So people don't. Are people gonna write letters and like? It's a, it's a lot of executive functioning. My mom like, will write a letter. Write Shout out to you, Shay. I love you. We'll get the um the station address and for those who want to send like a postcard. I love letters. I'm sorry. To this day, I still love getting a card or a letter in the mail. That like brightens my entire spirit. Oh, yes, definitely something that's handwritten and thoughtful that I can mm-hmm. go back and read several times. Way yeah. better than any gift. Agree. I just don't know if like. Depending on our age of our listeners, who will be the ones writing? We can like challenge them to do that. I mean, you know, like that. We were talking about this yesterday. Like our culture, like you know, Ashley, myself, Michael, Damon, who's not here today, Um, and shout out to Damon's daughter Alina, who turned one. Happy birthday. we were talking about, like, we are that generation, we're that last generation who knows what it's like to not have, like, the instant technology. And now today's generation, this is their norm. This mm-hmm. is what they know. So even though it is the norm, it is what we're living in, it doesn't mean at times we still can't introduce those old ways. Just like maybe, like, let's just do something different. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, um... We're going to hop into the topic now. Is that okay? That's okay. Hop on into the topic. Hop on into the topic. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Let's go. I'm like super hyped for this very serious conversation. No? (laughs) So, this week's topic was inspired by Deacon Mike, um, who a while ago on our Google Sheet um, had proposed the idea for us to Talk about stereotypes. And it's interesting because it's one of those things where you're like, all right, yeah, stereotypes, to the point where it's kind of normalized and it could be something you can just kind of look over. But then it is good to stop and think about how much, like, stereotypes are ingrained into our everyday living, into our society. Um, And also, it's good to think about not also the stereotypes that may be projected onto you, but also any stereotypes you may be projecting onto others. Mm -hmm. And I think this goes in line with our conversation last week that we had about privilege, which will be released this week, so stay tuned for that. So these types of conversations are needed. We need to stop, think, reflect, and check in with how we're interacting with people, how we're perceiving people, how people are perceiving us, and how we can go about dismantling certain negative um, 
mindsets that we may have towards other groups and as well towards each other. So the official seed of the day is entitled, I am not your angry black woman Mm. and he is not your lazy black man. Mm. Because that definitely is a stereotype that me and Ashley as black women have had to deal with in terms of the angry black woman. No. Anytime we're upset, like, people get upset throughout their lifetimes. Why, when I get upset, do I have to be labeled as angry and black? Yeah, right. Thank woman. you. Like, right. why do all those, how come it's not like the angry white woman, the angry black man? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like a box that people push you yes. into. I get angry sometimes, and it's just cool. Shit's accepted. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's still like a stereotype for, like, black men. Right. Maybe even expected of me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So... That is the seed of the day. And, um, we, of course, as always, we have some articles for you guys. Um, we do have an article entitled... Let me make sure I get like the title right. Um, How Can We Fix Unconscious Racism? Published by The Guardian. We also have... Do, 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 like that little in-between I'm having right there. <laughs> um, Responding to Racist Stereotypes, which was published by InsideHigherEd.com. Edu- Inside Great article. Yeah. Um, and then we also have... Do, 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 <laughs> <laughs> the Negative Racial Stereotypes and Their Effect on Attitudes Towards African Americans, which was published by Ferris State University um, by um, Lauren Green. So we have a few articles we're going to reference. Um, as stated earlier, the reason why we decided to talk about this is because I don't think at times we really stop and think about the stereotypes we may be projecting. I don't even think sometimes I've realized um, the the circle of friends that I have can be bubbled because at times I'm around people who are forward-thinking, positive, educated, well-informed young people. But sometimes we shouldn't assume that everybody even is critical about stereotypes or, like, the um, type of thoughts or um, generalizations that they're making about other groups. So sometimes in my mind I'm thinking, oh, everybody knows about stereotypes, but Mm -hmm. not all the time, you know? So we're hoping that you guys can start thinking about the way you're perceiving yourself and how you're perceiving others and start having more critical conversations to dismantle the different racial stereotypes that we have right now in our society. So I'm going to go ahead, as always, and I open it up to my lovely host, who I'm just excited because I'm going to really lean on them today to just, you know, offer some meat to the conversation. I'm definitely going to add my potatoes and my rice. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? I think Ashley going to bring the meat. I think... uh, Mike, what you got over here? I don't even know. I think Mike <laughs> Some got juice. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you got the drink. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I got the dessert. You know, it's gonna be a full course meal of a conversation. But um. Yeah, I got like some personal stories too that I wanna share in terms of like racial stereotypes, not even just from per se, like, systematic um, stereotypes, but also the stereotypes that we as black people reinforce to one another. And that's something else I want to talk about. But I want to open it up in terms of, like, these different racial stereotypes. Like, this isn't nothing new. This has been going on since the dawn of time. Um, And I wanted to ask you guys, what do you guys think is a big proponent in terms of what is motivating and triggering this continuation of racial stereotypes even right now in modern-day 2018? Like, why is this still a thing? That's a great question, Aisha. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I look back to thinking about 
the first article, uh, which was by The Guardian. Um, yes, got this up right now. It was talking about how can we fix unconscious race. I think part of the issue is that race is a mechanism for capitalism. Mm. And because race is a mechanism for capitalism in terms of like who consumes what, who concentrates the power, um, whether it's economic or social power, I think that and then we have to think about, well, how does race play into that system? And since Mm. race plays into that system by giving someone else um, a higher higher ground or a foot forward in that like capitalism capitalist society i think that's why we're still dealing with it because we're not in a post-racial society Mm. Um, and so it's easy to have these stereotypes so that again we can make someone else inferior and someone else superior that's i'm glad you brought up the aspect of like capitalism because it brings in the whole like power dynamic brings in the whole competition dynamic and it definitely brings in like the the separation and you're very right about that. What are you over here thinking, Michael, in terms of what is still triggering and motivating these racial stereotypes that we have to live in today? Well, let's see if I can articulate this right. You can. I think that really it has to do with ego. But mm-hmm. I think that ego is more times than not a result of oppression. So people who have been oppressed, which is almost every every race other than within this country other than white people are looking to find ways to kind of it sounds messed up to say this but to kind of raise themselves in the pecking order of races within this within this society or within this <clears throat> this culture american culture so we have these egos and we're always creating and, and um, building off of stereotypes so that our ego can be raised higher so we could think that we're higher than the next race and even sometimes if it's like a positive ego for example one that we deal with in education a lot is that every asian is good at math and if you think about that that's not necessarily if you look at it um at surface level a bad stereotype but i think that comes from the idea of being a nerd and being a nerd not being cool so if we can create that stereotype, that means that we're cooler than Asians because they could all do math. Um, so I think that it's all about different races trying to get as close to the top in the pecking order of this country as they can. And then, and then white people, they just want to stay at the top and feed their own ego that is an immense ego. Um, and so they are going to cr- continue to create and nurture stereotypes so that they can keep their position. Well, it's interesting that um, you mentioned, like, the stereotype of, like, Asians being good at math and saying, like, it's a good stereotype, and it made me think about stereotypes within itself. I wouldn't necessarily call any stereotype a good stereotype Mm -hmm. because anything that boxes anybody into a certain expectation or any type of, like, standard then puts on this limit. Let it be something like, oh, all black people can dance. Yeah, that can be cool, whatever, but then, like, what what about that, you know, one black person out there who may not have rhythm, you know? So any type of thing that allows, like... Me. (laughs) You ain't got no rhythm? No no rhythm for Dick and Mike. I talk, I just don't, I I talk. He on the other beat, y'all. But anything that's going to, per se, 
place like a box or place yeah. somebody like in a limit like type of experience isn't good. And I think it does all play back to what you guys are talking about with capitalism. And it's interesting that it, it, it seems very strategic if you think about it that way, especially what's going on right now, like in our society with the wealth gap increasing. And that's placing people in certain like categories where they're not getting the chance to interact with each other. Because right. oh. it, it stated in the article uh, from The Guardian, if we don't have the opportunity to interact with individuals of a different race, then the information we have to inform a racial category has to come from other sources, such as the media or people's opinions. Right. And that's how they continue to exist, and they continue to perpetuate because people are just given limited views of certain groups of people, but they're not giving a chance to build like their own individual lived experiences because we're having more ways to separate each other. Right. I agree. That's where I was going with that article. Mm -hmm. I, I literally highlighted the exact same. We'll be on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> exact same. Um, I'm on a different page. No, you quote. And what I wrote down is that this is why diversity is vital and why diversity has to be a mixture of, it has to be intersectionality, it has to be race, it has to be gender, it has to be social class. Because mm. diversity is vital because it gives people the opportunity to work with others. Um, and then you start having... You start understanding it. So people always say, oh, I didn't really understand what it was like to be, or I didn't care about gay rights until I now have a gay friend or a gay daughter or something like that. Um, I think about all the time that oftentimes people don't understand what it's like to be undocumented. I had no idea about mm. like what it was like to be undocumented until I started working at College Track. I'm literally my second week at College Track four years ago was to go to a dream summit. And I didn't realize like this was a an issue that people were dealing with because I didn't know anybody personally or that wasn't something that people talked about um, mm. at that level, even though I may have grown up with people who were undocumented. And so I just, that goes to show that is why diversity is important. That is why we need to be integrated because the more we're integrated, the, the more we begin to learn about each other and focus on things that are just human yeah. and less of race. And I mean, that makes me think like, so then when does the integration begin? And like, are we, when we're talking about like diversity and we're talking about integration, they could be like such broad terms. But then I'm thinking about like when people of, of different groups are placed together, like maybe like in a high school setting, like people do gravitate to their like own, like to like people that look like them or to people that they do agree with. So how do you get people to step outside of their comfort zone and get to interact with people and engage in ways where, yeah, you may have a different skin color than me. You may come from a different part of the, um, the state than me, but there has to be some type of way where we can still not even find commonality, but even respect for our differences. Like, how does that even, like, start and begin? Because well, it's not they, ingrained in our culture. They thought that it started with school, which is why they had, like, they wanted to integrate school, because they thought that would be oh. a part. Mm -hmm. But then there's always, you know, that notion between um, Booker T. Washington and I can't think of the other intellect. I think even W. Du Bois around, like, was integration better or was segregation better? Because mm. at least when we were segregated, we had all of our own, our own doctors, our own dentists, our own mm, professionals, right. because we didn't have a choice. So I don't know that there's one easy answer. Yeah. But I do think that if we don't become a more tolerant society, then it continues to lead to race being an issue. Mm. Right. Because I'll, diversity, you can have diversity, but if you have people who are closed-minded, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly, exactly. They were, oh, our, our diversity initiative, hope we got one black kid here and one Asian kid here, and we got, you know, somebody from the LGBT community, like, trying to, like, fill these quotas, fill, like, these theories, but it's not really being practiced in our everyday lives. Right. It needs um, to be authentic and genuine. First, <laughs> I want to say thank you for 
kind of checking me in, in the fact that no stereotype is really a good stereotype. But I do just want to say that I meant that more in the sense of um, a black stereotype is that a black man is likely to be a criminal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when I was saying good, I kind of meant that more in the sense of... Um, like, more in a positive light than a negative light, but I yeah. really appreciate you making sure that it's clear to our listeners that really no stereotype is productive and putting people in boxes is, is not productive in any capacity. Um, but my last point is somewhere on the tip of my tongue, but I think I lost it. It's okay. Uh, Come back, point. It's, it's, point, where you at? Uh, <laughs> it happens like they like, oh, oh there, there it is. There it is. There it is. Thank you. Thank you again. Um, but, yeah, when, when Ashley was talking, I was actually thinking that there has been some points in my life where I almost felt like segregation might be better for us as a black people. And the reason why, um, and not forever, but the reason why, for at some point, I think that may be beneficial is because if you can imagine a young black person who is growing up and has black teachers, a black mayor, black police chiefs, black fire chiefs, black everything, um, black. then what they're going to see, that in itself is going to break down the stereotypes that this society has given. Because this young black person is seeing... Um, an, a fellow black person in every position of power that's in front of their face. And mm. that would be really, really helpful, I think, to our youth. Because right now, you know, um, at least what's highlighted most in the media is not black CEOs, is not black leaders, um, not women leaders. You know, like, we, we don't see that enough to where... All of our young black people are looking up to those people like, wow, mm -hmm. I can do that, you know? Yeah. I think at what point, and I agree with you, but at what point do you then begin to integrate? Because if you mm. wait too long, um, then you struggle with outside, like, society's views on you. And mm. it's that issue of being double, con like, having to even be doubly conscious, like, double mm -hmm. consciousness, W. Du Bois, like, not only thinking about how I see myself, but also having to think about how a third party sees me, how the world sees me. And so that makes me think, and it goes into the article um, that was published. Just about the one about the, the mental health yes, part. Yes, the mm -hmm. mental health responding. part, responding to racist stereotypes. There's yes. a part about the mental health. And I just want to say that people who are dealing with racism, um, it has effect on your mental health and your physical health. So the article talks mm. about mental health in terms of not only are you juggling like, and this was talking about in a college, a predominantly white um, college, so a PWI, predominantly white institution, and it was talking about the fact that not only are these students trying to pass school and be academically rigorous and trying to have social events, they're also having the burden of representation and fighting racism, mm. right? Oh my God. And I want to mention that is one. That's the mental aspect. But there is an actual physical aspect. My undergraduate, like my senior year, I worked on a research project called the African-American Women's Heart and Health Study. And the study was done in the public health department by Dr. Amani Nurujita, a black woman, graduated from John Hopkins, one of the few tenure black professors at Cal. Mm -hmm. And she talks about what is what effect does race have on cardiovascular disease in African-American wow. women. And it actually correlates to having a increase in cardiovascular disease because of the racism that we encounter and the way in which mm -hmm. our body, the cortisol in our body, responds to it in yeah. certain levels. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about that, like, yes, I agree, if we had all blacks and we they kept in a segregate, like, segregated, like, you are building up the child, you're... 
keeping their brain from all the traumatizing experience they could go through. But at what point in time do you allow them to understand those things so they can easily go between those two worlds Mm -hmm. because of the mental and the physical toll it takes on the black person, which I all think is part of the psychological warfare. This is all systematic capitalism. Yeah, it's (laughs) never about just like, oh my God, we are going to like install racism so that we can have free labor. No. No. We are going to do it at a mental level, at a psychological Woo! level. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about black students even going into college and not finishing college, some of that has to do with just the imposter syndrome. I don't yep. feel good enough to be here. And you're good, here. but that's, that's because we play with your mind so much. We played all these mental games on your mind. I remember the theater of violence is in the, um, in Kunta Kinte, what is the roots? Mm-hmm. When they had all the slaves watch um, Kunta Kinte be stripped of his name and take an American name, mm-hmm. Toby. All of that was a theater of violence. Not because we actually wanted to strip all of you guys of your names we thought that meant so much because we want to make sure that you watching him being beat that you will never do that yourself Mm -hmm. and so if again if I could psychologically make you scared of me it's going to inhibit and it's going to hinder you physically at times Mm -hmm. yep what was it the uh, quote from the great debaters he was like keep the body and he said build the body but take the mind and it's been going on strategically for years and I so appreciate you bringing that into the space right now to really point out the fact that the racism, the stereotypes, the prejudice does take a mental, emotional toll on like us as a people. And we all need to check in to think about what has this done to us, even like as young adults in this room. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, okay, thinking about like separating ourselves in like these all black communities, and then it's Ashley brought up, Ashley, like mm-hmm. I said, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley brought up in terms of, okay, so then when do you integrate? How do you find the balance, right? It makes me think about, as a child growing up, how these stereotypes definitely can start at the oppressive level, at the capitalistic level, but then how they get so psychologically embedded into our community that our own people reinforce them. Mm -hmm. Because I remember as a child growing up, every summer I was a part of this organization called Eastern Star through my grandmother's church. And every summer we'd go down to Bakersfield, and it was required, um, well, one, my parents, my mom and dad were required and me and Malachi always did like a book report every summer, like on a historical black figure. And so we always had to write like one page on like a particular person in our community. That's what we had to do for the summer. And then at these Eastern Star retreats, I had to either recite a poem or read my report. And I used to get teased by the kids because they'd be like, oh, I should talk like a white girl. Oh, I should think she all that because she'd be writing those essays. And I used to get made fun of for, like, excelling in school. Mm -hmm. And it would psychologically, in my mind, at, like, the age of 9 and 10, I started thinking that being smart, doing well in school was something that white people did because Mm -hmm. in my own community, that's what I was getting. Mm -hmm. And thank God for my mom and my dad. I remember as a kid, like, crying about this, like really, you know, getting teased and not really, because as a kid, you want to feel included. You want to feel like, they're calling me white. No, I'm black, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I remember like crying with my mom one day about it. Thank God for my mama. She's a strong woman. And she told me in a loving way, she said, I don't know why you're crying. And I was like, they're saying I'm white. And she was like, she took me in the um, bathroom and she was like, what do you see? I was like, I see me. And she's like, no, what do you see? And she was like, tell me what you see. I was like, I see me. She was like, describe yourself. And I was like, my hair. She's like, what, your hair? She's like, what color are you? And I was like, I'm black. And she was all like, okay, if you see that, why does it matter what anybody else sees? Mm-hmm. She said, if you know that, you own that. And she basically would reinforce to me that my blackness was my own. 
and being smart and being able to articulate myself was a good thing, mm. not something to be ashamed of. But that's just one story, right? And I think about people who maybe didn't have that experience mm -hmm. or didn't have somebody in their corner to reinforce that and to, like, comfort that or nurture that and how that can be embodied. And the next thing you know, you are trying to perform or you are embodying certain stereotypes just because it's been told to you. So, yes, there's like this oppressive level, but there's also this oppression that sometimes we do mm -hmm. as a people, unfortunately. Because we've been psychologically altered that way, unfortunately. Yeah. And what, <laughs> what comes to mind for me, too, is going back two episodes previous when we were talking about self-love. And one of the the major ways that we can continue to break down these stereotypes is continuing to be unapologetically in love with who we are, like, you know, and, and being confident in who we are and being open with who we are, right? And so um, for, for me, part of breaking down stereotypes is going to come from us as a people and any any race as a people and any people in this entire uh, society or world just kind of being comfortable with who they are as human beings and being comfortable with the fact that you are a black person or you are a white person that isn't isn't racist or doesn't have racist ties or you are an Asian man who is maybe not great at math, right? Like, just kind of openly owning who you are as an individual mm. is going to continue to break down the stereotypes and the more open that we are with society the least the least amount of room that society has to create our stories Man. I agree and I also want to just say that I've been extra militant like clearly y'all have a degree in African American studies she hella black y'all <laughs> all my free time I like to read and I just sometimes I being a privileged black person in the mm. sense that like I've had the opportunity to attend one of the like top public schools in the, the world um, I've had the opportunity to not grow up with tons of traumatizing experiences mm -hmm. as a child Amen. Um, there's a lot of things that makes me privileged um, yeah. and I want to say that it's really hard to just also it's really hard to feel like I have to fight all these stereotypes as well in this society. Mm. And so sometimes I go on my Marcus Garvey or my Malcolm X and I'm like, maybe we need to leave the, the, this country. Like, imagine if we lived in Nigeria. Imagine if we lived in Liberia. Imagine if we lived in Canada where race wasn't the center of things. Um, I really own black nationalism. I don't think that to a certain extent, and I also want to say that's a privilege that I'm able to travel and I can leave because some people live in countries where they can't travel. Some people have felonies, um, school to pipeline prison, you know, the way that, that we are disencouraged as, like, disenfranchised as black people. Um, they can't travel. But I just want to also say, like, part is we always want to fight so hard here. But as I'm reading old literature, we're going to talk about, like, tenants' rights and stuff. Langston Hughes in the 1900s was talking about these things. Yep. People have been talking about these things Boy, nearly now for more than a century. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if they couldn't figure it out in 100 years, I'm not saying that I'm not amazing because I think that I'm clearly amazing. But if they can't figure it out, maybe it's time to leave. And see, I go back and forth on that. I have my moments where I'm like, yeah, man, like, maybe it is time for the next migration. Maybe that is the next big move as a people. But then another part of me is like, there still has been progress and there still has been some change. 
and we're not where we were. And there's another part of me where I'm just like, well, who's going to keep fighting for those who then are going to get left behind? Because as you said, not everybody can go. I don't know. Everybody wants to go. But I do feel you because it's like a fatigue. It's like, I can't take this anymore. I'm literally running myself mentally and physically yeah, into the ground. Being, Cardiovascular disease, mentally overly thinking about these things. why... We gotta take time to take care. Do you need a hug? I'm a hug. No, but this is also why the movie Wakanda, this is why Black Panther Wakanda's, they were staying out because it was like we have to preserve ourselves. At what point in time do I preserve myself? See, like, what about the people out there that are still struggling that didn't have the opportunity to go to the schools that we went to or have the parents to talk to us and give Mm -hmm. us that hug? Like, that that is like a changing moment in like your childhood where it could have went somewhere completely different. And for somebody else, it did. So, it's like, I feel you, though, Ashley. I do. No, we talked about this before. I'd be like, yeah, what about Barcelona? Or maybe there's like a tiny yeah. island off the, the coast of West Africa we could buy. Like, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I agree. I think about even the work we're doing, I'm clearly trying to change lives and communities. You right? are, every day. And at the you same are. time, what expense is it coming? Is, mm. is, it, is my child going to have the same financial or experiences or the same rewarding life experiences because they grew up in a privileged lifestyle than someone who didn't? Like, I think about these things all the time. Yeah, and part of yeah. it is like... At what point in time do you put yourself first? Yeah, this, yeah. Because we have to fight for our race, but white people don't have this burden of fighting for their race. They have yeah. the burden to, they can leave the country and <laughs> Well, leave. it's funny because can... right now we got the whole alt-right that's like, the white man ain't got a chance in America. And we ain't got <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty hilarious because they're, they're actually really upset right now. There are some pissed off people out there that aren't happy about Black Panther and aren't happy about all the different black folks coming out, being all proud of being black in America. <laughs> in white silence, you know what I mean? In white silence. Oh, the... Mm. Yeah, that, like, y'all forget that. The reason why race racism works is because somebody gains privilege from it and they like the privilege they gain from it, right? Oh, yeah, that's so why. let's be real. When I walk into the club and I've paid extra money to have a booth, I enjoy my privilege. You know why? Because I work really hard. I talked to the person way before earlier this week to secure my space. <laughs> I don't have to stand in line with you peasants, right? Oh, Those are the same ways that I'm feeling, right? Hold that's on, the same way I'm feeling when I walk into the club with your booth, right? You got your booth. I don't stand in line. Somebody's there. You got your bottle service all the way at the bar, right? Mm-hmm. White people have that same privilege in America in terms of like, no one has to look at me with these negative stereotypes. I'm on the positive side of things. So why would I want to change this? Mm-hmm. And That's what they're upset about. Yeah, and so they're upset about the fact that, like, we are, again, at once upon a time, we're talking about reconstruction happened, you know, after slavery, where blacks came into power and all these things, but did people did not power, like it. Or they attempted to, or they attempted to level out the playing field. I think it's about, maybe this is my kumbaya moment coming out, because I have my black militant moments, and I'm, I'm in a kumbaya moment. I think it's really about getting back like to the human spirit and recognizing that everybody deserves an equal playing space on this earth. Let you be black, let you be white, let you be Asian, let you be Latino, let you be whatever. I think everybody has the right to be happy. Everybody has the right to live out their purpose and their passion. And everybody has the right to be safe in their own body, in their own skin, in their own place of living. And that currently is not the world that we're living in. And it's never been the world that we're living in. But after watching A Wrinkle in Time this past weekend, and people were getting on that that's a whole other conversation but in any case i left that movie feeling like i want to continually be a warrior of light a warrior of hope and a warrior that's going to make sure that everybody feels better about who they are but i get it i really do because sometimes 
in this black skin, you also be like, forget this. Drop the mic. Mike. I got... <laughs> <laughs> I just really want to uh, show you some love for saying that you want to be a warrior of light. I love that. Um, I'm... <laughs> I'm thinking about a lot of things over here. A lot of things are, are going on in my mind, as, as always. One thing that is hard is we're talking about in, the, in one of those articles the mental and physical toll mm -hmm. that it takes for us to fight all the time. And I remember having a conversation with Ashley about the gentrification of Oakland. Yeah. And... Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one of the points that I made to her was like, Ashley, you and I living in these neighborhoods that are getting gentrified is us holding on to the true reflection of what Oakland is. So the fact that we have put ourselves in positions to where maybe we can still afford a rent that's going higher is not necessarily made, making us gentrifiers because we're keeping the black face in an area where it should be all black faces, right? And so I kind of have my, my, my militancy, if that is a word. Um, <laughs> if not, shout out to my mom, because you know I'm on a podcast now. I could create new words. But my form of being militant is to want to stay and fight and be that person mm -hmm. that says, you know what? You can't push me over, you know, and you can't do nothing to get in front of who I am. And you can't stop my greatness no matter what you try to do. Mm. And I know that that is an exhausting thing. And I know that it is going to take a toll on me. But I, I have responsibility to the people who have done it before me to continue doing that. Mm. The second thing that I, that I want to point out is I think we oftentimes have this idea of like, let's just, let's just leave then. And let's just get out of there. And what I just want to throw out there is the fact that if we leave, it's not like we're leaving into utopia. We're not leaving into Wakanda. We're, we're leaving into issues anywhere in this world that is still going to kind of give us that mental and physical toll, yeah, even if it looks, looks differently. But there is racism in Barcelona. There is racism everywhere. And there, there's racism in Africa. Um, and so I think that we... We always kind of go to that idea of like, man, let's just get out of America. And I'd be having that idea too. <laughs> Donald Trump got elected president, and we all was like, man, I'm gone. I just got my passport. I ain't never coming back. <laughs> um, but the truth about the reality of life is that there's these issues everywhere. And hmm. you may leave the issue of being a black person in America to a place where being a woman is not respected or you know there's still places in this in this too, yeah. you're right but there's places yeah. in this world where women still can't vote women can't come out the house without a man in some places in the world right and so those issues yeah are but that's again the privilege of having the ability to travel and to live in those places for yeah, a long period of time because see. that's part of it like the same way like some people decide that they don't want to live in california anymore they have to go live somewhere else in another state like there's different cultures in different states yeah. and different so i just want to say like i totally understand michael but until you spend a lot of time in a different another country mm -hmm. another place you may not have that aha like i want to move here i want to live here for a certain period of time yeah it's really just about, it's interesting how, like, the conversation of stereotypes 
brings up capitalism, brings up mental, emotional fatigue, brings up even, should we even be here? Like, <laughs> it brings up all these different um, thoughts and opinions and just emotions. But even, I mean, if you're thinking about living outside the country, you bring up, like, gentrification in Oakland right now. We're going to highlight an organization that is fighting against that, like... I've thought about that, like, in terms of... I get pissed off sometimes, like, just knowing what the neighborhood I live in, which is my grandmother's home, what it was and what it is what it is now. Mm-hmm. And But then I also recognize the blessing and privilege that I have to be there. And then... But I think about the people who didn't have that. So then it makes me, like you, like you stated, want to do something, but at times you do feel helpless. But going back and forth, like, what is it? I feel helpless when I feel fatigued, when Mm -hmm. I feel empowered. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I do believe at a micro micro level with just one student, just one interaction, just one podcast, just one smile, just one whatever, it does make a seed of a difference. It does make some type of like hope. Mm-hmm. And then from there it does build into like a bigger macro level. But at times in those moments it does feel overwhelming and mm-hmm. maybe that's when like when you're talking about taking care of yourself, I think a, a good uh, a good aspect of that is checking in with oneself to know when you are available to give and then when you need to take time to like check out and reboot so that right. you can give again. Cuz that is completely normal and we all done had our I can't deal with this. This is too much because it is a burden because even going back like to the stereotype issue as black women, like the title of this is I am not your angry black woman and he is not your lazy black black man is crazy because all of us sitting here are hardworking, intelligent, thriving, amazing, happy-go-lucky, some of the sweetest people you could ever kick it <laughs> with type black folk. But we can walk into certain spaces and people can look at us and automatically either think fear automatically either think attitude and sass, automatically think all types of negative things that aren't who we are. Right. And that is a burden. And it's a burden that you can hold, let it be in an all-white setting if you're in a classroom and, oh, we're going to talk about slavery today. And everybody turns and looks at you. Or a setting, shout out to my good friend Catherine who's getting married. I've shouted her out before and she listens to the podcast. I actually remember five, wait, five years ago? Yes, 2012, yeah, wait. Wait, let me do that math again. Six years ago. Wow, 2018. St. Patrick's Day, Chicago. Very Caucasian-like event, as we know, right? I'm kicking it with her. (laughs) (laughs) Let's call it what it is, right? I'm kicking it with her and all of her friends, and it was a majority all-white setting. We were having a good time, and a friend of a friend was there, and she saw my hair, and I had, like, twists or something, and it became, like, this whole, like, oh, my God, your hair! And, like, that burden of, like, being a black woman in an all-white setting, like, okay, here we go. And Catherine, of all people, like, spoke up, like, hey, like, Aisha doesn't always want to have to explain about her hair. Like, Catherine was getting frustrated. Mm. And I was like, you know what, Catherine, it's okay. I appreciate you looking out, because she's aware of that. And I had a conversation with the young woman about my hair, but we talked about, like, don't go up and touch people's hair, and don't always try to, like, make it a thing. It's just hair. But... I bring that up, because I had a point. I'm bringing it all back or whatever. (laughs) Um, It's a lot. It basically is a lot. But there are people out there who recognize it's a lot, people who are black like us and people who aren't black like us who can still respect it and who are willing to um, care for us and show us how to care for ourselves. And each day, each generation, hopefully it can get better. But we are living in a time where... 
it's not it's not something that isn't I mean shoot like we, we're unapologetically black but then we're also given this burden of being black but I, I still wouldn't want it any other way yeah and I want to throw in there as someone who is an admirer of the two of you sitting here is that the two of you do that on a daily basis with so much grace and so much beauty that like sometimes one of the ways to also combat the negative emotions that come from the responsibility that we have is to surround yourself by people who are going to acknowledge what you do on a daily basis and going to acknowledge that you are a warrior of light every single day and that you are um, a leader of a program and a, and a black woman that shows every young black woman That's very that, is in, that knows you, that is around you, what it is to be in that position That's and what it important. is to kill it. Yep. You know? Um, You're doing that, on actually. A, on a oh, daily, definitely. On but a at daily the same basis. time, there is this burden of, like, what if I just wanted to, like, be a bum for a year? Then I have all these other girls who are looking at me as a role model. Like, sometimes people are role models and they don't want to be role models. I just have to play mm. devil advocates because you know? these things, the burden of representation is a real thing. Yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. You have to, like, it's not like the same burden that I have is not the same burden that, like, also, like, the person who runs our program has to be a black male. He has a burden of, like, being this black male for all the other black, the few black but then males. Maybe in that it's thing. about over time, and this is, I've said this before on the podcast, and this is, it seems to keep coming up, like, with, um, black representation the problem is we're not given enough like diversity and enough um different perspectives of our lived experience it's like there's the one black person and the mm. one black person has to be everything to everybody but that one black person is still human mm -hmm. and right. that one black person still deserves a time to be a bum or to relax or not exactly. show up and always be on so i think we as a people have to recognize our role models are still human and then we also have to fight to make sure that there are more diverse spaces where there's different representation like something going like the random example of people would say no it has to be blackish no it has to be empire why can't both narratives exist oh yeah and that's what we need and, and what i will say is that if you decided that you wanted to go and be a bum for a year we support you you not <laughs> not only do we support you yes we do but you are so great that you put yourself in a position that you could do that and that still is breaking the stereotypes like if you have right because obviously when you're talking about being a bum, you're still someone who is going to be paying their bills and paying their rent, right? You're still going to be doing cool. And so the fact that you put yourself in a position where you could do that is still breaking down the stereotypes. And it's still showing all young black women and all young black men of this world that you could put yourself in a position to live the way that you want to. Amen and so to even if you want to take some time to yourself and do that, you are still breaking down those stereotypes. Amen to Yeah, that. I think it brings us into that last question. Thank like, you. Is talking about it enough? Mm -hmm. um, and are there active ways to dismantle stereotypes? And if so, like, how? Yes. That's the thing. What, are you doing? I should know. I was just... Oh. I, thought, I think that's a good question. I, to think, yeah, about, I think that's a good way to um, start wrapping up the conversation, too. I think about that every episode. Is talking about it enough? Talking about it is the catalyst. Living it is really where the change is going to happen. I personally, a philosophy of mine is I truly believe in treating people the way that I want to be treated. I do not like to be placed in a box because I know what it feels like. So I make an effort to approach everybody as the individual and not as the group. 
I allow people to be who they are and not the group that they're representing. And I also believe it's important to, you can take pride in whatever group you may represent, the, the you know, the group of coming from women or your religious group or your racial group. I am a proud black woman, day in, day out. But I am also Aisha Tripp. And Aisha Tripp is my individuality. It is who I am. And there are aspects of that that connect with blackness, and there are aspects of that that may not. And that is okay. And so I think one way to do that is allowing yourself to interact and engage with people that are different from you. Allowing yourself, if you can, if you have the privilege, i such a big proponent, allowing yourself to travel. Traveling, getting outside of what you know, what you've been used to, what you've been exposed to, it introduces you to a world of like you would have never known and it takes you outside of yourself Definitely. it allows you to realize like dang this world does not revolve around me and my one little experience is a whole other group of people with a whole other way of living and cultures and customs awesome and amazing and so that reinforces to me um how to break those stereotypes so i look at it as a way to dismantling it is to be a living example to it and also speaking out against it when it happens. Mm -hmm. And also, too, in terms of when I do come across people that want to stereotype me or want to box me, I kill them with kindness. I just still allow myself to be who I am, and I think about what my mom told me. It's not about what they think. It's about what I know. So just owning that, but then also recognizing my privilege and the fact that I come from a strong support system that was able to nourish that. So I'm hoping that I can live that to, like, help other people. What do you think, brother? <laughs> um, shout out. Shout out to the talkers like us, um, because I won't go as far as saying that talking is enough. But what I will say is that talking is the most important piece. And having these conversations is the most important piece to breaking down these stereotypes and helping other people understand us and helping ourselves understand us, right? Mm. Talking is the foundation of the change that we're looking for. And every mm. opportunity that we get to break down the stereotypes, every time that we have an opportunity to talk about the stereotypes, we need to do our best to take advantage of those, right? Mm -hmm. So the article that I was talking about breaking down stereotypes on campuses that are predominantly white, where these young black men who are in leadership positions at their university are being approached by uh, their white counterparts and asked to buy weed. And mm. their first question was, well, why do you assume that I have weed? Right there, mm. that conversation is a large piece to breaking down the stereotypes because then that young white student has to look them dead in the face and reflect on where that came from, mm. right? Us having these conversations today and producing it and sending it out to the world is a beginning of that process, yeah. right? So even though talking is not enough, talking is the absolute foundation and beginning of there being true change. Talking is the beginning of us writing our own narrative and telling our own narrative. And talking is the beginning of other people hearing our narrative, Amen. right? So to some extent, yes, um, talking is, is the proponent of the of the change yeah i think that again it's it starts with talking i think that it also starts with a lot of um being proactive 
And when I say that, I mean, if you know that you are going to take a stance and be someone who is going to be what I call a warrior of light, mm. you need to equip yourself mentally and physically. So, yes. like, I work out. And sometimes I think that my workouts are much more physically draining than going to work mm. for eight or nine hours a day. But again, I'm training myself to be mm. at that point, right? Mentally, I read a lot. I yeah. talk to people a lot. And they also have a therapist. So you yes. have somebody else who was, like, working. So you build your team. I think as a way in which to support yourself and whatever it is that you want to fight for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that yes, you have to talk, but you also have to be proactive and prepare yourself for yes. what that means the toll that is going to take on you, again, which is a privilege. Um, I also think that another way that we kind of can dismantle stereotypes is speaking up when we're uncomfortable in those uncomfortable yes, things. Yes, that's right. Um, Call but it what it is. a lot of things, I don't have much different to say than from what Aisha said, because traveling, although a privilege is a way to dismantle stereotypes, because one of my favorite things to do is to go to a country where English is not the main language and remember and to feel like, Oh my God, this is what people feel like when we laugh and they're trying to tell someone who may be Hispanic, someone who may be Asian, and they're trying to say something yeah. in English and their their verbs don't match, but we kind of know what they're saying and it's kind of funny or whatever. It makes me think like this person uh, thinks that I'm just as funny trying to put together um, <laughs> not the Spanish dialogue, but the Catalan dialogue from Spain or Barcelona, oh you know what I'm saying? And so that experience is something that you could talk about, but until you actually go there and you are, you're never, you just experiential learning it's really hard to put a price on that until you experience it yourself. So I, there's not much to say difference from what Aisha said other than ditto, that I agree with those little things. I want to add, too, that, um, and I think we talked about this last week or the week before, they're they're all the same to me at this point. (laughs) Um, Everything is just a blur in my life. But if you are, especially if you are in a position of power, Mm. uh, talking behind closed doors is not enough. So if you are, let's say, for example, a white person and you want to talk closed doors about how you heard another white person talking about a stereotype or, or living a stereotype in public and you didn't do nothing, you need to, you need to know that you are contributing to the issue. Mm. And if you are um, a person of power that does not, in the moment respond to that stereotype and work from a position of power to break it down, you are not doing what you are supposed to be doing to help move this society forward. And so that goes for men, too. If you are in the workplace and you are seeing women not being treated correctly in the workplace and you talk about it at home with your wife, Mm. you are not doing or significant other, you are not doing or you are not um, living up to your responsibility to break down that stereotype. So don't don't under don't think that you're doing your job because you go home and talk about it with your wife or don't think that you're doing the job because you think about it by yourself or you talk about mm. it with within closed doors like you have the responsibility in the moment to say mm. something about it and don't always leave it to the people who are oppressed to break down those stereotypes so use your position of power Amen to do to that, that yourself it's like my uh what Martin Luther King said like an injustice to one is an injustice to all so, you know, if they're going to come for them, they're going to eventually come for you. So we're all in this. And, you know, um, just to wrap up the conversation, because as you guys know, we're going to come back with some past episodes and, like, bring them back with a new spin, because these conversations obviously can continue. But, Ashley, when you were talking about, like, mentally and preparing yourself and building, like, yourself and your team, our listeners out there, as you guys know, we're having these conversations not just for ourselves, but for you guys. And... 
if you yourself are listening, you're thinking, dang, like, what's my team? Or dang, like, what's my next step? Like, we're hoping that you guys are getting motivated by listening to us. And we are essentially your team as through, I guess, like the audio waves, if you think about it. Like, we're here for you guys. So reach out to us if you need extra support or reach out to us if you need to like express whatever it is that you're going through because we're putting out that message out there for the listeners to feel empowered to feel engaged and also like we said earlier to think critically about your own position let it be how you can influence others or also think about like how you can build yourself up so you're not alone out there people we're here for you we're here for you this is why we need those social gatherings so that we can start gathering yes, with other it's people gonna happen and soon. putting some things in action. Maybe we should do it at the release party. I love it. Yeah, we're gonna be y'all stay too. We 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 out here, y'all. We working. Ask the team. They get heck of emails from me, y'all. They be like, "What is Aisha doing at the job?" Mm -hmm. I'm doing my job, but I mean, this, I'll be like, "I gotta do this. I gotta do that." Ah. I don't know how she does it, you all, because I am sometimes <laughs> like I can't do anything other than eat right now, and my mind is going, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I know what you mean about like that fatigue is like go. Sometimes you just gotta just bring it back. But um, we're going to come back to this, guys. It was a good conversation. I'm, I'm very... You guys got me thinking about some stuff right now. Um, but we're going to segue into our next topic. Um, this week, we don't have a guest. Two weeks in a row, we had a guest. Um, but this week, we do not, which is okay, because we still have an organization that we are going to highlight for you guys this week. Um, this was inspired quickly by a few weeks ago... I was writing BART, and I typically, on, like, my Facebook, I right now only engage with, when I post on Facebook, it's only music or just some type of photos, or right now it's really just a CG So podcast. I hardly ever do any verbal posts because people get all very reaction-based, but I had to have a vent post because basically a few weeks on BART, because I commute to the city every day, and right now, as we mentioned earlier, in Oakland, gentrification is taking over. And with that, the increase of homelessness has taken off. There are parts of Oakland where they can now name it Tenth City because literally people are sleeping in tents. We have high rises and then we have people sleeping on sidewalks. It's ridiculous. Like, it, it's, it, it's, I can't even... Yeah, my blood starts to boil. I need to, like, take a moment. Um, and so with that being said, on BART, there's been an increase with homeless people on the BART. Sleeping, um, and some people, um, in some phrases, taking up space and taking up room. And so I'm on BART daily going to, you know, my job, and I hear the comments, I hear the snickers, I see the people rolling their eyes at certain homeless people, and it does vary, too, in terms of, like, gender and race. I've been noticing this or whatever, um, of, like, people on BART who may be sleeping. And I made a post where I basically was just saying, you know what, like, for the five to ten minutes you may be inconvenienced to stand on BART is nothing compared to the hour, the day, the week, or the month that person has to spend trying to find a place to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, check your privilege. Stay warm. It's been really cold the last oh couple God. of weeks. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're sleeping on BART because there's heat. It's warmer. There's more body heat. I mean... Thank you. And so, I knew by making that statement that there were going to be a few people that were going to come for me, but there was one person who did, and that was okay because I did state on that status. 
you're entitled to your opinion, which people are, and the person was basically like, well, I'm a paying customer on bar, and I deserve a seat, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, that may be true. And they went on to state, um, and that's what homeless shelters are for. That's not what the bar is for. But I just want to state on the air. I said, you are still entitled to your opinion, but I'm going to stand by the statement of check your privilege because it is always easier to tell somebody else what to do if you've never been in that position yourself. Mm. And if people right now in Oakland can't even find a place to stay, how do you think people on the um, homeless people on the street are going to do, deal with finding a shelter to stay at? So sit down, have not just one seat, but two, and get at me later. And so with that being said, this week, we are, or, we are, I'm sorry, I just had to just go there. It's all right. It's okay. Ah! Um, hold on really quick. I'm going to make sure I say this organization's name correctly, because I have it up here, but... Yes, okay. So, shout out to Richard Palayo, my good friend, because I was going off to him about this yesterday at lunch, and I was like, I'm tired of talking about this. I want to be involved, and I want to help directly with making sure that people have access to basic places to meet their basic needs, like for living. And so this week, we are acknowledging the organization, the East Bay Alliance for Sustainable Economy. Um, <laughs> E-Base. E-Base. Shout out to E-Base. Um... This organization is based out of Oakland, and um, the organization itself is all centered around making sure that they're giving access to families, individuals, for a sustainable economy. So their mission is the East Bay Alliance for Sustainable Economy advances economic, racial, and social justice by building a just economy in the East Bay based on good jobs and healthy communities. We address the root causes of economic injustice by developing strategic alliances among community, labor, and people of faith to build power and create change with low-income workers and communities of color. So this organization itself is embodying every aspect that's basically in direct correlation to what's happening right now in Oakland. And I myself am going to look into this week ways to volunteer because I'm tired of talking about this. I need to do something. And we hope you guys can do something too. So if you want to find out more about eBay's, can we say that again? E-base. 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 You can go to workingeastbay.org for more information. And I'll follow up because I'm going to look into it this week because I'm going to start volunteering with them. I know I said a lot, but did you guys want to say anything about that? <laughs> I had a whole monologue. <laughs> that, no, that, is, that housing housing situation in the Bay Area is a, is a tough one to swallow. What one thing that I have to say, me and Ashley talk about this all the time, and then we have even talked to our, our young people about this too, is that don't mindlessly pass these these encampments and pay attention to to what's what's going on in your community and pay attention to mm. um the reality of of life in the Bay Area and, and what it's doing to people and do what you can to contribute to it. Ashley and I, if we have some event at College Track and there's too much food left over, rather than putting that food in the in the fridge and letting it sit there for too long or rather than throwing it away, we'll hop in the van and we'll go take some food to the people who are living in those encampments. Amen. And even though that doesn't change their situation, for one one moment, at least they are eating well, right? 
um, there is one one encampment that used to be in Oakland, close to where we are at in College Track, where they've put up like temporary shelters. Yeah. And instead of just kicking those people out, they put them up in these yeah. temporary shelters. Uh, so just just be active and don't mindlessly pass these people all the time Amen. don't stereotype these people and assume that they're all there for a specific reason because mm. they chose to be there or because they want to be on drugs like have some compassion and have some understanding that not everybody can afford the rent in in Oakland and because of that it puts people on the streets and you know do what you can to combat that Amen so much brother not mindlessly ignore but you know be aware yes guys that is our take root and give back for the week we're gonna segue into our next portion of the show yes yes next portion of the show it's a next portion of the show but next portion of the show it's a next portion of the show <laughs> yeah. get it what what we like to read we like to read we got books we got books the, the mic wait the, the um the camera, the camera turned off? The camera died. The battery's okay. dead. So, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Every week. Every week there's always something with the camera. I swear, y'all. I don't know. I don't know. The Lord the Lord knows. So, as you guys know, every week on the Seed Yourself podcast, because we love books, um, we highlight a book from each host, and we're going to hop right into that, because books are amazing, and I'm so excited for this week. Who wants to go first? I'll start first. I'll start first because my book relates to eBase. Um, what we're talking about, like, you know, the housing issue in Oakland. Um, but I also have a few things to say. So okay. as we are talking about um, stereotyping and the mental and the psychological warfare that, mm -hmm. you know, whites have historically played on blacks in terms mm -hmm. of, like, um, us living here in America, the fact that we were not able to read and they, they did not want us to read was really strategic because a lot of knowledge is hidden away in books, you Amen. all. Um, people's experiences are hidden away in books. And so I just want to say reading is so important. And because mm -hmm. reading is so important and because there's a lot of, there's a whole spectrum on where like black, the black literacy rates in the African-American community, I want to say that it does not mean you have to read an entire book, but it does mean you have to pick up and start somewhere. So um, I want to highlight anthologies. Oftentimes, mm -hmm. anthologies, um, students, if you're if you're reading this, anybody's like, what is an anthology? I know it's like a lot of people assume we all know things, but in English, when we were in high school, that book that has tons of different short stories inside, anthology. So mm -hmm. an anthology is a great place to start. I'm reading the anthology entitled Black Voices. It has several different um, black authors and writers. And I got it from my grandparents' house. Hmm. But um, particularly, mm -hmm. there is a poem in there that um, I'm highlighting today because I think it's really important just to get people to start critically thinking and to engage with um, writers. Uh, you don't always have to read a book. So this very short poetry um, oh. is not even a page long. Um, it's called Ballard. Um, of the landlord and it's by Langston Hughes and it's just talking again about the issues that he was dealing with or that people black people dealt with as tenants in Harlem in the early 1900s and it's sad because black people as tenants Latino people as tenants people of color people who are on a lower socioeconomic status are still dealing with these things now mm -hmm. in the early 2000s so nearly a hundred years later we are still talking about these things and so please look up um Ballad of the Landlord by Langston Hughes. Very short um, poem, but also super useful. 
Mm. And, you know, reading is just, it can be a page and having a discussion about that. And I just want to put that out there because sometimes reading can be intimidating um, or reading is not oftentimes preached in our household. So it's hard to just pick up as a habit. And it's a habit that I've definitely developed just in the last two or three years and also being in college. Yeah. Um, but it was not something that I like looked forward to as a child. And I definitely hope to change that for mine. Definitely. I appreciate you, Ashley, definitely reinforcing the fact that the history of this country, that's what we need to read. But more importantly, the aspect of there's so many different ways you can start reading. Thank you for bringing that into the space. So, and that looks like a grandparent book. Like, it just looks like, I just feel like our families are somewhere connected somehow. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this book, you all. It's yes. like, it brings me so much joy, the fact that I got it from my grandparents, the fact that it has so many different black authors in it. I love it. So black. Black voices, y'all. Black. Um, do you want me to go? Since, or do you? I... Whatever you prefer. I'll go ahead and go. We to kind of go in order. Okay, so you mentioned Langston Hughes. I'm going to make a bold statement. This week, and I'm trying to like make sure I hold this, I'm highlighting the book entitled Helium by Fruity, Fruity, Rudy Francisco. It is a collection of poetry from this amazing writer, poet, and dear friend of mine who was one of the first... Um, poets that I was introduced to at San Diego State about spoken word poetry. And I would dare to say Rudy Francisco is comparison, and I'm ready to argue this, um, the Langston Hughes of our generation. Mm. His writing is so authentic. Mm. It's so visual. It has so many aspects of, like, the human, the the love, the racial, there's so many aspects to the experience you have as a person on earth, even as a black person in America. He talks about everything and it comes to life and it's just so great. And I'm very proud of him because Rudy's been working a very long time with his poetry and his writing and he recently was just on Jimmy Kimmel Live about two weeks ago highlighting this very collection of poetry. Um, I guarantee you, even if you're not a person who's into poetry, this is good work. Mm. And next time Rudy is in the bag, because he was out here promoting the book, I said, we won't get you on the podcast. Um, he's so cool, so down to earth. Every time he talks, you feel like he's about to say a poem, but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just great work. And you can look him up on YouTube because um, his delivery really sticks out with you. And I just want to highlight one line from the poem Complainers, which I would um, challenge you guys all to look that up right now on YouTube. Anytime you're complaining about life, listen to this poem. It will get you. Um, Mm. But there's a quote from this um, particular poem where it states, Remember, every year too many people die of dehydration. So it doesn't matter if the glass is half full or half empty. There's water in the cup. Drink it and stop complaining. This to give you kind of like a highlight of what that poem is talking about. Mm -hmm. And then in reference to our conversation about Mm -hmm. stereotypes today, This poem is entitled Margin, and it states, To be marginalized in America is to be, is to be a star on the face of midnight. We constantly have to rise above everything and shine our brightest when it's dark outside. Very simple, but very prophetic, prophetic, 
very visual and very true. And I think it's just an awesome body of work. And I'm so happy and proud of Rudy. And yes, yeah, so Helium by Rudy Francisco. Check him out. You can look him up on YouTube. The book is available too on Amazon. And I think it's at your local Barnes and Nobles. He's doing it big. I'm really proud of him. Nice. Mm -hmm. The book that I want to highlight um, for today is entitled The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. Hmm. And this book has many themes that is a part of a is a part of this book, including hopes and dreams, bullying, violence, poverty, oh, wow. race, alcohol abuse, um, writing and literature, family. Um, but the reason why I wanted to highlight this book for today is because this young man who is the main character of this book named Junior is consistently dealing with and trying to break away from the stereotypes that come from being a, an Indian coming from an Indian uh, reserve in this country, right? There's a lot of alcohol abuse that happens on, on the reservation. There is what isn't what is seen to be a doomed fate mm. for people on the reservation and that they can't make it out and there's a stereotype within the reservation that if you do make it out you are being white right and so mm. this character this main character of this book is consistently trying to navigate navigate stereotypes and beating stereotypes and finding how he can be himself within being an indian from the reservation mm. um and so it's just a, a book that's really, I think, good for young people to think about in, in themselves and how stereotypes affect themselves and how hope and dreams can help them, help propel them out of what is known to be or what they're supposed to fit in, what society says they're supposed to fit into coming from where they come from. Dope. I appreciate, Michael, you're very consistent with bringing in, like, the the books that are, like, fiction-based, I would say. You do bring in some nonfiction, but you're always bringing in a book like, dang, I didn't even heard of that, and I want to read that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you're you're welcome, and thank you. Like like Ashley said, I, I really appreciate reading for the fact that it allows us to learn from so many different experiences. And what's dope to talk about, like, the mental breaks that we're always looking for is that reading has this beautiful power to take us anywhere. And um, mm -hmm. it's really cool to write to read fiction because it has to do with history and people that we look up to, et cetera, et cetera. But nonfiction is um, as fascinating and yeah. has so much. Ooh, did I switch them? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, oh. I, I switched them. My bad. But um, fiction has the uh, has no rules to it. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, I mix it up to you. Yeah. Fiction really has no rules break. to us and can take us anywhere and allow us to do us. Where nonfiction is something that is as beneficial as well, but there's a, there's there's freedom in fiction that is really, really cool to experience and uh, challenge our, our, re our listeners to read nonfiction as much as they can. Of course. It makes me think about fiction. how they say, like, um, art is a representation of life or life is a representation of art mm. and I had a professor recently who did um, who, who, who public was it, well, he posted it on Facebook it was a review of the Black Panther movie and he really broke it down and then somebody commented you realize it's just a comic book right 
and he was like, you realize it's just a review, right? And it, I was kind of like, I wonder why that person couldn't understand that fictional pieces, even though they are considered you know, false, they're reflective of something true. And that's why people connect so much to it. So, no, it's like, and coming from my own writing experience, I'll say this for myself, like, my writing, my fictional writing is my experiences exaggerated. Yeah, it comes from that's what I was going to say, that you know? they, they come from, they're usually amazing Or your imagination taken with a little bit of own truth, you know, so, and that's why people get so much out of it. So, yes, you guys, you guys can tell we're all book nerds here you know we like to read we've been reading for a long time books are good like to read yeah, yeah and if yeah. you don't think that they are take take a growth mindset stance on it because i have not always been this reader i'm definitely much more of a math person and i promise you slowly and surely um just open up your minds and figure out things that you enjoy reading you don't have to read what everybody else is enjoying that's reading. right it could be a magazine it could be an article mm-hmm. it can be a short story from an anthology a because poem. either way you're working on your reading comprehension you're working on learning more words lyrics um and you're also becoming a critical thinker because now you have different things to kind of build into your mind and explore so there's so many benefits from reading and it doesn't have to be a book that we suggest or it doesn't have to be a book at all but it has to be you like starting somewhere yeah and it goes back to what we was stated earlier about you know at one point in our um history we were not given the opportunity to read and right now in the, the world that we're living in they're not telling us to do that yeah they, so don't want, they still don't want us to they still don't want us to that's why we telling y'all read better read god damn it all right so <laughs> all right so we're wrapping up we're right at like good time how you guys feeling Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling great. Are you ready for the work week? Y'all, y'all, y'all know we got jobs, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do this because, like, we love to do this, and the goal is to eventually do it full time. God willing, Jesus please. But um, we're thankful for our jobs. But um, and we work hard. We all work hard, extremely hard. It's gonna start again tomorrow. But y'all ready? I'm kind of ready. I'm in my like space of self care and just okay. relaxing. Actually, I feel like we need like a brunch like day. We need we need to like converse over some waffles and mimosas. We need to catch up. <laughs> Brown sugar kitchen any day. All right, we'll figure this out this weekend, and we can talk about the planning of the party too. Ashley's going to be um, helping out with planning the release party June 9th, guys. Stay tuned. I'm gonna get more information on so it. So exciting! I'm ex- <laughs> I can't even say so exciting. Anyway, you guys, as you know, we always wrap up the Seed You So with a quote of the week to get you guys motivated, to get you guys inspired, maybe even to just comfort you, to love on you, to make sure you feel good about who you are. Um, I'll go first. This would have been good for, like, our self-love episode, which I can't... We're going to bring back the love and dating stuff. We need... I want. I got some things I want to talk about. Like, we could talk... We, we need to talk about gender roles. There was this thing, like, with Steve Harvey. Anyway, I digress, but... <laughs> don't get me started. Um, but quoted from Rudy Francisco. Stay on the Rudy tip. And I posted this on my Instagram today. Perhaps we should love ourselves so fiercely that when others see us, they know exactly how it should be done. So make sure that you show the love to yourself so right, so true, that whoever comes in contact with you knows how to do it, too. That's my quote for the week. Who wants to go next? Um, I've been sitting here for the last five minutes trying to pick one quote. 
So I'm going to break the rules. I got two. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, one is first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. Mm. And that is by Gandhi. And just in the idea of, like, stereotypes and what people are oftentimes trying to do with stereotypes, like, they're going to continue to do this until, ultimately, we're going to win. All right. Um, and then the other one that I guys by Noam Chomsky. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Y'all didn't see his Y'all face. Didn't see his face. <laughs> I was hoping I said that name right. Um, but this is... This is um, to the people who are in the positions of power on the other end of these stereotypes. You are responsible for the predictable consequences of your actions. Mm -hmm. So just know that when you are using stereotypes or um, not confronting somebody when they are using stereotypes, that you are responsible for the consequences that you know are going to come from your actions. Tell them. Uh, so mine is a Martin Luther King um, quote and it's just the ultimate measure of the man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy mm. Mm. Um, I think that can be applied to any part of life but oftentimes we think of ourselves as being amazing when we're in this like state of comfort for us mm. and I think that it's more about how do you move and how do you continue to excel when you don't have everything mm -hmm. amen y'all are amazing at all times you guys are all amazing things to think about that bruno mars song because you're amazing <laughs> just the way you are <laughs> don't you love bruno i love bruno <laughs> i don't know if i like bruno or uh, who's our other skywalker who does Miguel. oh Miguel. No, yeah. on this haters Album coming soon, y'all. Eminem's and Sprite's about to drop. What? I don't know why I always want to say Skittles and Sprite. I have no idea. Skittles and Sprite. Oh, I had some Eminem's yesterday. It was real good. I ain't gonna lie. Skittles and Sprite kind of feels like it goes together, though. No, Eminem's and Sprite has been what I've been doing since the age of four. Don't disrespect the flow. Eminem's and Sprite. That's right. Like, don't disrespect all Eminem's across America with that statement. Coming in. One of the sometime during Let's get these plays out the there next first, couple years. Get these plays out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One day at a time. Anyway, we are the Seize You So podcast. Like we said earlier, make sure you can follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Our Twitter is coming soon. Leave a review on iTunes. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And we'll be back next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Holla.